0: Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed.
1: And welcome to the Week 7 Fields of Fantasy preview show. Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football are here with you once more. We had a great day out on Sunday, didn't we? Ed, did you enjoy the NFL action at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium?
0: Yeah, I've had a great couple of weeks. Uh, Another good game took a little bit of time to get going, didn't it? Especially the Titans, although they only got going for a few minutes. Yeah, and, and got going, was pushing it <laughs> to that
1: degree as well. Big shout out from us to the Transatlantic Titans. That's at TransatlanticTN on Twitter, who we were sat next to. I made the mistake of walking past them, going, Boo, Titans, square in his face, and then realising I was sat next to him. <laughs> Good to meet those guys and... Very, very accommodating of the poor performance they had and accommodating of my whooping and cheering stood next to them. I don't think they're quite as nice today as we did there because they had to watch Ryan Tannehill play and quarterback their team.
0: I mean, Ryan,
1: Tannehill, I mean, he just, he was so I've bad. I've got a section on Ryan yeah, Tannehill. Yeah, we'll not go worry. into it now.
0: It was so bad. I had an awful week
1: for fantasy football. You said when we were driving back up from London, like, why is it this season has been so bad? So I've been very lucky over the last few seasons. I think usually playoffs wise, I get into playoffs for about two thirds of my leagues. I I'd think if I get in in three or four playoffs, I'm really happy at this rate. Looking at it though, it's because this, like many people, this season I didn't go very running back heavy in the, in the first few rounds. My main running back shares: J.K. Dobbins, solid; Miles Sanders, brilliant; top five, top five; David Montgomery, he's injured. Don't worry, spent <laughs> all of my fab on a Chan. yeah I are (laughs) so yeah it's not worked out well for me and the wide receivers I was high on Garrett Wilson I mean he's been good but he's not Aaron Rodgers you quite high in Alave, were you Chris Alave, and he's had his toe issue and Derek Carr's not been quite as I'd hoped I've got it all wrong this year so maybe
0: listener be aware
1: maybe do the opposite of what I say
0: yeah, I mean, it's ups and downs, isn't it? I think I had another good week. Um, I, I think I won, my, won in my top seven leagues, but I had an awful week last week. It's been very up and down for me. There are some people that have come off uh, in terms of who I've picked, but I had a few dobbins as well. Um, I was quite high on some players. It's just the way it works, isn't it? And there is still
1: plenty of time to turn it around. I'm two and four in quite a few leagues and they are the leagues where if you stick with it, play savvy on the wave wire, you can
0: find yourself sneaking through. And once you're in the playoffs, it's equals peak then, isn't it? And I think this week the waiver wire is pretty good. After talking about them being slim pickings, we'll obviously come on to it later, there's some decent options on the waiver wire that could really help you.
1: Last week, Ed, you said that you wanted us to have a look at whether the big scores we've been seeing so far this season were indeed out of the norm of the last few years. So when you say we're going to look at data, it means I look at data.
0: Yeah, I, I was... Perfectly prepared to do it, but I wouldn't have done as thorough a job. Or, uh, how do the Americans say thorough? Thor- thorough? Don't do that bit oh, again. Sorry. Every oh, yeah. week you try to do an American <laughs> bit, and <laughs> <Don't> it can <laughs> only offend the listeners. Okay. Thorough? Uh, I don't know how they They don't, you, they don't say thorough like we say you thorough. Still, okay, still doing it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but they might not. A good job. Just, they might, yeah, okay. A <laughs> yeah, good so job. So I wouldn't have done as thorough a job as you.
1: Interesting, though. This week was incredibly low. As far as scores yes, go. Yes, ironically, yeah. But looking back then over the last three years, week six has bizarrely been a down week over the last three years as far as top scores go, which is, is it? interesting, right, yeah. Right, okay. So I had a look at the average top score over those six weeks. So just taking the highest score on the week and average out. We're not looking at the scores in general. We were looking for those outlying big scores, weren't we? So 2021 was 41.7, 2022 was 38.9, 2023, 43.8. So we are up on previous years. I then looked at the average top score over the whole season and 2021 was 41.8, 2022 was 40.8. So obviously even with those, we're looking higher at the minute when it comes to that top, top score that we're getting. I've then had a look at the top 25 scores over the last five years.
0: These are just individual scores on a week-by-week basis. Yeah, so the absolute top scores over the whole time.
1: And 2023 already has six entries in the top 25. Mm -hmm. Proportionally over the whole season, obviously, you'd expect five, because 25 divided by five is five. Still, with most of the season to go, already 2023 has got more than its fair share of big scores. We've got the 8th and ninth top score from this year with Chase and Achan. The 11th top score with DJ Moore. Well, that rhymes nicely. Mm-hmm. The 13th top score with CMC. And then the 21st and 22nd top score with Josh Allen and Raheem Mostert. A couple of interesting scores in there. A couple of uh, names that are a blast from the fantasy past. The sixth best score over the last five years in 2019 was Will Fuller in week five 2019
0: with 53.7. Will Fuller the third or fourth? Uh, the fourth. The fourth, okay.
1: uh, Will Fuller? What was it the fifth? Will fuller V. Yeah,
0: fuller V. Um, a v. Yeah, yeah.
1: So Will Fuller, um, looking down there as well, there's lots of the usual names. So go down, Hill, Kamara, Chase, Mixon, Taylor, Fuller, Lockett, Chase, A-Chan. A-Chan's in esteemed company already with that score. Jones, Moore, Mike Evans, CMC, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, CMC, Derek Henry, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. Wow, those days are long behind <laughs> they him. They are. Aaron Jones, Josh Allen, Raheem Mostert, Darren Waller, Mike Evans. All of those names in there. Give me his dues. Watkins was the, a fancy at the time, monster at he times. Was, yeah, Will Fuller's never quite continued do it, but most of those names are big names. So that, like Devin H. I'm being in that company already, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, interesting, Mark. Thank you very much for That's doing that research.
1: Right. Last year was a down year. Only three entries in the top 25 last year. So last year was a lower scoring year for fantasy. Which is maybe why these big scores seem so massive already. My
0: gut feeling was, was
1: right. You're right. Well done, Ed. Your Trust gut was my gut. correct. Shall we get into
0: our favourite time of the week though, Edward? Fantasy Heroes. The sun god shone in all his glory as he clipped into top gear in week six. Amon Ra got 12 receptions and a touchdown for 30.4 fancy points. The
1: Vikings' defense ran just enough for the field and gave Beijing a debut to forget the as they racked
0: up five sacks, two interceptions, and 23 points. Adam must be feeling all right after another epic week. Wide receiver two this week and wide receiver three overall after six weeks. Wow! The old boy is a revelation. Super
1: Cooper Cup had is asking Pukunakua as he turned seven receptions, 138
0: yards, and one touchdown. Travis and the Jags are cooking. Four touchdowns in two weeks for Travis Etienne. This man is giving you huge value for your fantasy money. Raheem made the most of A-Cham being out, as a 31-year-old ran for
1: 115 yards, two touchdowns, and had three receptions for one touchdown, 34.2 points. No waiting about, straight to the zeros. Fair to
0: see zeros. Ryan Tannehill was rubbish against the Ravens, that's all. Imari Di sent send him back to waivers. Just three touches for the rookie, who was a popular pickup this week. To quote Katy Perry, George Kittle's hot and he's cold, he's yes and he's no. One reception for one yard takes him from hero to zero. Devante Adams backed up a poor week last week, with an even worse week this week. Clearly his shoulder injury is an issue. Dalvin Cook checked in with his fourth week under three fancy points and he's still rostered in 58% of the leagues and started in 16. Dropping people. Jerry Judy has been knocking on the door all season. Just 14 yards at Arrowhead meant 4.4 points. He's a boss. And if the rumours are to believe, he's off to the Colts.
1: I think we're getting getting much better. I think our pun
0: game is up in week by week by week. Well, ever since the what, what was the cooking one? What was the Cortland mutton? Sutton mutton. I, I felt like I, I'm letting you down, so I thought I had to put in a bit of effort with the Adam must be feeling all right.
1: I did giggle to myself when I had Raheem made the most at a champion out as well. But <laughs> yeah. less about us and our achievements on the week, and more about some players. So some other notables. Interestingly, this week, we said about the lowest scoring week, only three quarterbacks with 20-plus points. That's Hurts, Tua and Jared Goff. Mm. So we said about the Vikings' defence in the hero section, such a low scoring week that the Vikings' defence were the eighth-best fantasy play of the week. And Justin Tucker was 31st-best play in the week. Not often you see a kicker that high up in the proceedings. But that just goes to show how the big scores were much lower. In fact, the reasonable scores were much lower as well, weren't they?
0: Yeah, I think there was a couple of big kicker scores this week. And the Vikings' defence, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that this time last year. But, but they're having a decent season. A bad week for rookie kickers, though. Blake Grupe, Is it Grupa? Group Grupe,
1: Grupa? Grupa. or Grup. <laughs> oh, Blake missed two in a dome for the Saints including a 29-yarder that could have proved crucial. However, Jake Moody missing two, including a 54-yarder, followed by a potential winner from 41 yards. Kickers, I think we've agreed, aren't crucial when it comes to fantasy. But after watching Justin Tucker put on a composed 6 out of 6 masterclass, it shows just how important your kicker is when it comes to real-life NFL, doesn't it?
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. In real-life NFL, I, could, I don't understand why... Tucker isn't paid a lot more money because he's such a difference maker.
1: It's probably because all he does is kick a ball once every so often. True. But still, we were saying when we going, how many teams is the kicker the highest ever point scorer for? Mm. It must be a high proportion. Maybe a little bit of research for next week. You've just created yourself a job. Jets' first victory ever over the Eagles. They'd lost the previous 11 meetings. I saw that. I couldn't believe the no. first ever victory. I, did. I couldn't believe that. And they looked decent, to be fair, especially on defence. I think it's when, it's a, when a big team lose to what are viewed as a smaller
0: team, it's often while the Eagles must have been bad. No, the Eagles weren't great, but the Jets were good. What a story that's going to be if the Jets managed to somehow Get into the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's such a massive story that's going to be.
1: I mean, I will feel sorry for Zach Wilson because there is, I mean, he's not going to keep that job a second. As soon as Aaron Rodgers is capable of standing on a pitch and throwing a ball, yeah. Wilson will be benched. Even though he looked better, he was still poor for fantasy, 10.94 points. Hertz looked bad by his standards, but still good for fantasy, 22.9 points. So that combination of actual game winning on the field and good for real life. On this time, didn't match up fancy points-wise. Brees Hall, five targets for five receptions. Very promising. His stat line didn't look great, though. 12 carries for 39 yards. But it's those receptions and the touchdown that keep him being very fancy-relevant at the moment. Dalvin Cook, drop him. I still don't get it. Drop Dalvin Cook if you have Dalvin Cook on your roster. He's not going
0: to get you any points. In one league, I have no option. It's, I think, a 16-team league that there's... I've got a lot of injuries at running back and basically he's the only option. There's no one better on waivers. But if you have any option whatsoever, get rid of him. He's
1: not getting the touches. He doesn't look good when he's getting the touches either. I'm sure now, we said this last week, cue a big week. It didn't happen last week. So hopefully we'll keep being correct on that one. Garrett Wilson gave us his best week of the season with 17 points. Still not what we were hoping for, as I've already said. But he's definitely usable every single week. Had a bit of an injury at the end of the game, but Jets are on their bye this week, so hopefully he'll be raring to go for the next game. The Browns Brock Purdy down. Uh, it did help that CMC left the game and that Debo Samuel didn't play much of the game. They looked average without those two on. I mean, yes, they are megastars when it comes to the, what they offer, but you were saying just when we're driving back and I was watching Red Zone on the iPad, You are saying who stops the 49ers and cue the Browns to
0: the 49ers. Yes, they did. And I think I'm going to talk about the Browns' defence a bit more in start-sit, but their defence is phenomenal, and particularly against the pass. And I just think they they just stifled the 49ers, didn't they? And I think Purdy had one of his worst games.
1: Ryan Tannehill, 16 attempts, 8 completions for 76 yards, and a passer rating of...
0: About minus 110. 37.5. I, I can't believe really So it's be, still pretty late. I, I thought it would be single figures.
1: Only two fancy points, which Malik Willis eclipsed in the fourth quarter. 4.66. Don't hear what we're not saying. Malik Willis wasn't good either. Um, he, looked, he looked better than
0: Tannehill. He was more mobile. But he's clearly not the man. I think I turned to you at one point and said... Ryan Tannehill does not look like he will ever get close to making a play in this game. No. He just didn't look like he would He would do anything. The only time the significant... Uh, there was obviously the Derek, big Derek Henry run in the second half and, and the touchdown, but from a passing point of view, there was nothing really. There was a couple of penalties. There was one 20-yard pass maybe no. to D-Hop.
1: I mean, the passing yards were padded massively from the the dump pass to Ty J Spears right at the end where he went a 43-yard oh, yes. catch and run, I think. So that padded the stats, but yeah, it it would suck to be a Titans fan on Sunday. Um, amazing to see Lamar Jackson in the flesh. But we were saying, weren't we, how just the way that Tannehill carried himself didn't look confident. He didn't look in charge. Really, it's interesting the things you see when you get to watch the game live and that awe you get around someone. It was it wasn't on the, anywhere
0: close to the level of Jackson, was it? hobbling, didn't he? And I don't. Yeah, I know he went off injured, obviously, but yeah. It was just, it was bad. (laughs) You
1: were right about Zay Flowers, was wide receiver 12 on the week with 17.1 points, eight targets, six receptions, 50 yards and a touchdown. It's clear now he's already the wide receiver one in Baltimore when you look in targets, and he was targeted more than Mark Andrews Mm. for the third time this year, which is interesting. Derek Henry was very quiet in the first half. I think his longest run was of six yards, then exploded. All he needs to do... Which he's done for the last couple of weeks, is not let Ryan Tannehill receive the ball from the snap and do it himself, and it <laughs> works out all right. Dalton Schultz, partly strung three solid games together. Um, a player that we were very high on in previous years. Looks like he might start to get it done in a reliable fashion for tight ends. Chubb Hubbard, great DFX pick this week, if I do say so myself. 16 points he clocked in. Seemed obvious with Sanders being out, but Chubb
0: Hubbard is he's not spectacular, but he's reliable when he gets the opportunity, isn't he? Very much so. Yeah, he's one of those that every now and again will put in a good performance for you.
1: Ramondre, Stevenson and Zeke, clearly I said last week I was completely out. They had a decent game, the pair of them. I expect Zeke to be picked up everywhere that I dropped him last week. So I did have quite a few shares in Zeke and I moved on from him. So I expect he'll be picked up in all of those leagues. I won't be. I know it's a stupid thing to say if it wasn't for the touchdown, but if it wasn't for his touchdown, he'd only have had 5.9 points. How touchdown dependent is he? Extremely. I think without a touchdown, Zeke, isn't going to give you anything this season. Kyle Pitts was fancy relevant two weeks in a row, but so was Johnny Smith scoring alongside him. Would you cash in on Kyle Pitts at this point, especially in Dynasty?
0: You know what? I think I I would consider it. I'd need a decent offer, but I'm going to put my neck on the line and say he's never going to be the fantasy player or the, the player overall that we thought he was going to be coming into the league? Is that is that...
1: Not without a significant quarterback upgrade. No. Because uh, he's shown when he gets
0: targeted and then when he's schemed in right, he, he gets the business done, doesn't he? True. And he's, what, this is his third se- season, is it?
1: Yes. Yeah. I would love for Carl Pitts for the Falcons to bin ridder and trade for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. yeah that, would, that would be the dream for Carl Pitts. And Drake London had a good game. If Ridder could stop the interceptions, could he be good? That's a trick question. I don't think so. He's rubbish, isn't he? But could he be? Oh, for fantasy, not real life. Could he be good for fantasy if he dropped the interceptions?
0: It would probably improve his score. Yeah, I think your hesitation <laughs> yeah. has showed that. No, we don't no, think no, he can. No, I, don't I don't think
1: so he... either. But he's done and quietly done enough over the last couple of weeks to at least make you think. Is there any potential? He's not, still it, a young quarterback. He's yes, still not maybe I'm being a bit on um, I don't think he will, um, full declaration, but he's shown enough, I think, to at least, like we said before, fancy communities. Note, they're rubbish. Note, they're brilliant. Yes, that's Could true. he be all right? Possibly. I don't think so.
0: No, he, he, he maybe long-term he could be a super flex option, maybe. But beyond that, I don't really see any value in him.
1: Amoraf St-Brown picked up his third touchdown of the season and sees his stock continue to rise. He had proper blackout periods for touchdowns last year. So if he can fix that, or if Goff can help him fix that, he looks like he's set to be a superstar of the fantasy football world and potentially the real NFL world. Cooper Cup. So Cup Watch is currently wide receiver 54 after only two appearances. What week does Cooper Cup enter the top 12 of wide receivers? I think it will you, happen, I, surely. I think
0: it will happen. You're you relying mean, you rely on Cup staying fit, aren't yeah, you? Assuming
1: um, he stays fit,
0: yeah, when do I, you reckon? I think it will be quite late on because uh, he's got a lot of making up to do. There are a lot of big scores that have happened. So let's go for week 15 that will happen.
1: Let's, we'll do Cup watch each week and watch him climb through those league tables. The stats are starting to settle as well as we see Consistency. So we're going to have a look at the top five at each position so far to see who our surprises in there are. Don't forget bye week players. So at this stage, some players have played five, some have played six. That's significant at this stage. The top five QBs, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tagovailoa, who was being drafted lower, but we said thought could have the season he's having with those weapons at his disposal.
0: Fifth, Mr. Jared Goff. Yeah. Who predicted that? No, no, not us. Uh, I think Goff's, Goff's one of your solid quarterbacks in fantasy, yes. but he's certainly not a top quarterback. I, I saw um, a stat this week, um, someone posted this on Twitter, that over his last 17 games, which is the equivalent of a full NFL regular season, this is his stat line, 391 of 578, which is uh, 67.6% pass, um, pass completion, 4,473 passing yards, 29 passing touchdowns, and just four interceptions. He's turned
1: into a sneakily
0: reliable player, is not he? Someone who I'm a bit gutted I've missed out on in a few leagues because he's regularly putting up decent points. He's someone I've got a lot of shares of in
1: our best ball leagues that are super flex because he was going super late. So I picked him as my second quarterback in a few places. So, I mean, my other choice in those leagues didn't really pay off. But quarterback-wise, it worked out all right. Problem was, my first pick was often Daniel Jones or <laughs> Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Top five running backs. Top of the pile, CMC, obviously. Second, Mostert, obviously now, but no one was predicting at the start of the season. Travis Etienne has quietly worked his way into the top three. I know he's had some big scores, but nope. he's gone under the radar compared a to bit. players like Mostert and other players on this list as well. Kyron Williams, fourth, and Zach Moss, fifth. The reason say Etienne's quietly crept in is because we've heard a lot of Mostert. We've heard a lot of Kyron Williams. We've heard a lot of Zach Moss. Eaton's not getting the same fanfare as those players, is he?
0: No, but what a player he is! I said in the hero section, you know, he's giving you such value for money, isn't he? In terms of where, you, where you've drafted yeah. him. Top five wide receivers: Tyreek Hill, obviously. Stefan Diggs
1: always was in the mix for that top finish. Adam Thielen, who predicted that. <laughs> uh, not me. Nobody. Jamar Chase, once again, you'd expect to be in the mix. Well, that's that.
0: I'm surprised actually, but that's that one monster one week, monstrous isn't it? Week. Yeah, yeah, he did
1: two weeks in one, didn't he? And
0: Puka Nakua. There you go. Wow. So Puka Nakua,
1: I think, is going to continue to have relevance. Obviously, it's not the same now Cooper Cup. But no one was expecting him to usurp Cooper Cup. But minimum wide receiver three flex value is thing. he's got wide receiver two upside. And say if he catches two of the touchdowns on any given week, he's back to wide receiver one again, even with Cup in the lineup. And then finally, tight ends. Top of the pile, Travis Kelsey. Second, Laporta. Yeah. Once again, we we'd expect now, but wasn't expected at the start of the season. He was in that mix for tight end picks, wasn't he? But I don't think we expect him to be quite so good, quite so quickly. I mean, Tom said it more than us, but we were in a complete agreement. Rookie Titans don't have good fancy seasons. No. Sam <laughs> Laporta's gone against that. TJ Hawkinson, we expected. Mark Andrews, fourth, and Cole Komet in fifth. Andrews and Kelsey have missed week one each as well. That shows just Even though Andrews hasn't looked mega at this point and Kelsey missed that game, it shows the separation between those so that they can miss a game and they're still comfortably top five. There's loads of early candidates there for steal of the Fantasy Draft season. Who are you saying is the steal of the Fantasy Draft season so
0: far? I think Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen has been an absolute revelation. We knew he was a great wide receiver and and he's been a good fantasy wide receiver, but Nobody thought he'd go to Carolina and, and do even better than what he's doing. I think for
1: Dynasty, you'd say Pukunuku, uh, But yes. no one drafted him in redraft. So I don't think you could say he's a steal in the same way. He is the, at the minute, probably the bargain of the waiver wire alongside A-chan. Hopefully A-chan is back and fit and has that contribution as well. So that is our other notables for the week. Anyone you want to add? No, I think we've covered a lot there. Right. by weeks this week then. We are missing the Panthers, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Jets and the Titans. So, a couple of big quarterbacks missing and then... Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill. Um, <laughs> oh, it's going to be
0: so hard. How, what would we do without seeing the Titans' dazzling offensive play on red zone?
1: That will be such a shame. Before we get into our six and starts, so let's have a look at the injury. So, other players we are missing. Damien Harris is reportedly good news post-game after he left in an ambulance due to a nasty neck injury. Justin Fields dislocated his thumb. No time frame as of yet, so we'll see for Justin Fields. David Montgomery goes to prove them when it comes to running backs I just can't have nice things and keep them <laughs> ribs are not broken but he will miss it's our favorite quote sometime sometime no a little bit of time a little bit of time yes yeah. yeah. sometime <laughs> he's going to miss that must be longer than a little bit of time yeah
0: something more
1: than a little bit Trevor Lawrence's knee is sore is what the uh, the latest on that I'd be surprised if he is at full strength if playing at all this weekend Jimmy G, back injury, nasty phrase here about a back injury, has apparently suffered some internal damage and is due an MRI. Kyron Williams, once again, we can't have nice things when it comes to running back. Tweaked his ankle, likely out week seven. Another solid week before he left, though, with 21.8 points. So it'd be a shame to miss him for too long. CMC, an oblique injury. Apparently, a very tricky injury for running backs. I imagine that's because of that pitch wiggle that you need your uh-huh. torso for. Debo Samuel. Shoulder injury, second time of having an injury for him and missing time. Hopefully, we're not due for an injury pattern season again, as we've seen from Debo before. Baker Mayfield, a contusion to his left and on throwing hand. Baker Mayfield was back to looking mediocre this week, so I don't think we'll miss him. And Ryan Tannehill left with an inability to play quarterback and an ankle injury. (laughs) Um, He definitely injured his ability on Sunday. That's always been injury. Uh, but apparently, left, at, left on the buggy being removed from the field. So we'll see how much time he's going to miss. They are our injuries for the week then. A few more quarterbacks out. Players that perhaps ordinarily wouldn't be too worried about in Jimmy G, Mayfield, and Tannehill. But especially in your super flex leagues, that may present you with some problems. So we've we'll about players we're without. Shall we speak out some players we would like to do without as well? Sids of the week. Bruce Hall last week, I said we should sit, and I was very wrong, 20.3 points. But who was confident in Bruce Hall having a good game against the Eagles? No one, really. We did say you probably had no choice but to play him. So if you had to do that, you're very happy with that. I said the Ravens wide receivers, Zay Flowers would have flex value. He had better than flex value as wide receiver 12 on the week. But Bateman and OBJ were non-factors. I've looked this week to help us from our sits. Look at DVOA. Defence adjusted value over average. You also have offensive DVOA, so it kind of throws the acronym out somewhat. But these are the defenses that have done the best against the strength of the offence they have played. So the Cleveland Browns, best defence in the league, according to DVOA, they have the Colts. So we're going to talk more about the Colts shortly. I would say, though, you've not really got any choice but to start Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. So you could argue to sit them, but I don't think you might have the choice. Ravens, second-best defence in the league, have the Lions. I mean, will Monty be back if he is? Rib injury and the Ravens' defence, you'd probably not want to play him. Jameer Gibbs. I, I think if, Gibbs
0: is potentially still injured as well, isn't he, yeah. with that hamstring?
1: So you're probably going to sit those. Jared Goff, I don't think you'd have a choice. If you've been rolling with Jared Goff now, chances are you're going to stick with him but temper your expectations. I'd say you'd probably start in St. Brown, though. And nobody else with confidence on that lineup. So Brown will do you enough to just a place on your roster. The Lions have the Ravens. You're going to play Lamar anyway. You're going to play Mark Andrews anyway. Zay Flowers, the number of targets he's getting has probably got flex value a game, but I wouldn't start anybody else. I'll talk more about that in a moment. 49ers, fourth best defense in the league have the Vikings. I'm sitting cousins this week if I've got a choice to move away from. And. Maybe play Madison and Addison, but once again, not with any real confidence this week. And the fifth best defence in the league for the Cowboys, they're on their bye. So you can take a week off offences. You've not got to deal with Parsons and Co. Who are you
0: looking to sit this week? Yeah, I've had a look at the Colts. And um, I think obviously their wide receiver one is Michael Pittman. And and he he had an excellent week this week against the Jags. But I just want to put into perspective how good the Browns' defence is, especially against the pass. So he's, again, he's going to be up against the best defence against the pass in the league. The Browns have only allowed an average of 121.4 passing yards per game. So And they are miles ahead of whoever's second. I can't remember who was second. And let's not forget who Michael Pittman has got as quarterback at the moment, Gardner Minshew. So he's not got an elite quarterback behind he him. He's not good. He's okay. Well, (laughs) don't get me wrong. I don't mind Goddemintu, but he's you know his fancy
1: scoreline was very flattering for him this week.
0: So I think you might not have a choice to start Pittman, but very you know if you can move him to a flex spot, I, I don't I don't know. I just you will probably start him, but I would temper your expectations with him.
1: Yeah, I think if you've drafted Pittman, you probably don't have many more strong options, unless. You had other good wide receivers and you picked up Nakura on waivers. Um, or you've got some you've been lucky with Adam Thielen later on as well. Yeah, I think you're probably you're expecting a flex score
0: at best, aren't you, this week from Pittman. If he does if he does better than 10 points, he's done well this week.
1: So my sits this week Ravens running backs, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. The Lions are giving up the fewest fancy points to running backs in the league. On average, a game, they're giving up only 12.2 points. Points to the running back position, and I mean Justice Hill showed flashes. Gus Edwards is always a really reliable short game player. I wouldn't be relying on either of those if I'm completely honest. Um, and then the same game, maybe more controversial based on what we've already said. I would consider pivoting away from Sam Laporta this week if you have another option. Reason being that calf strain he was coming into week six with clearly slowed him down against Tampa, and the Ravens are only giving up 5.3 points per game to tight ends, the best in the league. So Sam Laporta, I think if you drafted Sam Laporta, you probably did go for a backup tight end. Depends what you've done on waivers, because at the same time, if I'd got a backup tight end, I'd have probably dropped them for a waiver pickup based on how good Laporta had been. But if you're able to, I'd consider dropping him. His price in DFS at the minute. I can't imagine. I wouldn't advise anyone to start Sam Laporta in DFS, We'll see what the boys on the FS show say, but that would be my advice there. Before we move on to the starts, let's hear from Malcolm and
0: our sponsor. Fantasy football is all about collecting the best roster of players, so why not assemble your roster at home with some help from State Size Sports? With over thirty sports trading card products in stock right now, State Size Sports is the best place to grab the latest releases in sports trading cards. Collect autographs of your favorite stars, rookie cards of the hottest prospects, and rare super short print cards to make your collection as unique as your fantasy team. Start your search the best way possible. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now.
1: Starts of the week. Starts of the week last week, I said Justin Fields was injured, but... He looked awful before that as well. I don't think he was going to put a good scoreline this week. Devin Achan, we said that we were hoping that he would be fit. And then on the way home, I heard the news that he'd been dropped to IR after our record. Another running back injury to contend with. Good news, though. Isaiah Pacheco, we said, will be a good value start. And he continued to offer value, 15.8 points. So Pacheco looks to be a start from this point onwards for the Chiefs. So looking at DVOA, so these are our worst defences against the offences they have currently played. The worst defence in the league, Ed, is... Denver. Denver. They've got the Packers. So this week, with confidence, you can start your Packers. You can start Jordan Love. You can start Aaron Jones. You can
0: also start... I don't know, wait, because I know what you're going to say, because that's who I, I think you should start. AJ Dillon? Yep, Yeah, I would also be starting Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, but I
1: would leave Mr. Dylan for you. In fact, do you want to jump in with Dylan now?
0: Yeah, why not? Yeah, because they play Denver, and this is how bad they are. They're the 32nd worst, well, yeah, 32nd slash worst uh, defence against the Rush. How much are they averaging conceding to the Rush? Yards,
1: 165 yards. Ooh, very
0: good, Mr. Pesto, 172.3. Oh, not far off. I'd almost and, remembered it from yesterday. <laughs> they are miles away from whoever's 31st. So they're terrible against the rush. I'm not certain that that Jones... Well, we're not certain that Jones will be back. But even if he is, Dylan's going to get workload. And I, I can't see him not putting up some decent points against the Broncos. Dylan's... Um, I've got in a couple of leagues and he had a slow start. He's had a better couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, it could be the great a great week for him to really get going. Just behind the Broncos
1: then, 31st worst defence is the Cardinals, Seahawks, start them all. JSN and Charbonnet finally give some value this week in a flex spot.
0: Yeah, I, I JSN I've got in one league and I have to play him because it's in our per League where we oh, have to yeah. play the rookies. So he's, he's not done brilliantly, but I finally got some points for him this week.
1: 30th worst defence, the Panthers, there on their bye. 29th worst defence, the Bears. They've got the Raiders, so Devontae Adams bounced back. A bit of an injury as well, week six for him. To be starting him, and Josh Jacobs will be starting as well. But I'll come back on Raiders later. Giants, the 28th worst defence. They have the Commanders. <clears throat> Let me just try to get the words out without being sick in my mouth. Sam Howell. You probably want to start especially with buys and further quarterback uncertainty.
0: No, I'm going to talk about him in waiver-wise somehow. Yeah, I'll not say anything else for the moment.
1: Curtis Samuel, scary Terry. However, I think I'd give up on Jahan Dotson. The breakout doesn't seem to be coming. Not yet, not yet. If it doesn't happen this week, I don't think it's going to happen. If he doesn't get at least 10 to 12 points this week, I'll be officially out. You've already spoken about Dylan, so I'll move straight on to my main starts of the week. I spoke about the Raiders, and one of my starts of the week is Jacoby Myers. Solid tight so far this season. Ten in week one, he was out week two, and then since then, 12 targets, down to four in week four, and then ten and seven targets. Four touchdowns on the season as well. Bears are giving up the third most yards per game against the pass as well, so I think he's definitely worth a start. And then... One that I would start with confidence and one that I'm going to say I would start and then they will let me down. Against the Giants, we are given up the second most yards to the rush, 147.5. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. So, Robinson put up 28.9 points against the Broncos, are the only team worse than the Giants against the rush you've already mentioned. Gibson should have good flex value this week. He's got to. Once again, if he can't get it done here... He's probably going to be fighting for his job when it comes to the end of the season, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great
0: player, Gibson. I like him. Ooh, is it getting hot in here? Oh, I can smell a fire. Where is the fire? A... On oh, the waiver wire. Fire from the wire. Yeah, I, I, as I said earlier in the show, I actually think there are a decent few options on the waiver wire this week, particularly, and we've talked about this a lot, I think there are a couple of potential decent running back options. And I know one of your uh, top picks on the waiver wire is a running back option. So I'm going to start off with Jordan Mason. Now, he's going to be a huge target this week. The 49ers running back um, with CMC looking like he could miss time. Now, Jordan Mason's only rostered in 4% of leagues. And I think he appears to be ahead of Elijah Mitchell as RB2. So he may be a decent punt as a flex option. And he's not just this isn't like a reaction to CMC either. I think it could be long term a flex option because, you know, he's picked up a few points recently over the last couple of weeks. And I do think he's RB2 in San Francisco.
1: I'm not expecting huge things from him. Not at all. But I think me being
0: pro Jordan Mason
1: is more a reaction to Elijah Mitchell, not. Getting it done. I think he ended it with negative points over yes, the weekend. I think he got minus 0.
0: 0.6 or something so ridiculous. So he was
1: close to going into the zero section, but I didn't feel it was fair based on his sample size. But when CMC went out, who did they trust? I think you go with a player that was trusted, don't you? Agreed. I mean, it's a 49ers running back. You can't really trust anything you see until it's happened.
0: No, um, that is true. So that, that is a definite health warning, isn't it? When we've had that with 49ers running backs yeah. in the past. I'll talk about Craig Reynolds next, uh, another running back in Detroit. He's going to be a top target with Montgomery. Looking like he could miss. Yeah, I wrote this down. Sometime. (laughs) Uh, And Gibbs is out with a hamstring injury. Will he be back this week? Even if he is, I think Reynolds will get some game time. He could be RB1 for a couple of weeks. I mean, don't expect him to pull up any trees. But again, he could help you out, Craig Reynolds. And he's available in quite a lot of leagues. Um, You wanted to talk about a running back pickup as well. I don't want to talk about it. But it
1: would be remiss of us not to. Kareem Hunt. I hate to say it, because I really dislike Kareem Hunt, but he looked really good against the 49ers and clearly has a role in both the rushing and the passing game. He's only 46% rostered, which surprised me, if I'm honest. Um, I, that I, must have been higher a couple of weeks ago when he signed. He must, that must have gone down since then. I think his
0: name value with Kareem Hunt, you expect him to be yeah. higher, don't you? Yeah.
1: Surely when there was all the Nick Chubb injury and him getting signed, that must have been up to about 70%. Week 15-17, and this is something when we're looking a little bit ahead, you do need to consider he has a good run through the fancy playoffs. He has Chicago, Houston, and the Jets. So you won't need to worry about drafting him. (laughs) 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 I'll take him just to spite you. The Jets have been good on defence, but actually currently the seventh worst against the run. I know this is still 10 weeks away, but they are things you do need to consider when you think about how much of your fab to give up something as well. And he could be good value in a flex spot by the time we get to the playoff run as well. So, yeah, Kareem Hunt, I think, will be rostered probably 80%, 85% of leagues by the time this week is done. Right.
0: Still still on running backs. Can we talk about Salvan Ahmed in it's nice. Miami? It's,
1: it's nice to be able to talk about running backs, if I'm honest. <laughs> yes.
0: Now, I'm saying his name because avoid him. Salvan Ahmed is an enigma, all right? Yes, he got a touchdown. And yes, A-Chan is on IR in Miami. But Jeff Wilson is expected back soon, and I expect him to play ahead of Ahmed. Um, if he's any, anywhere close to 100%, Southern Ahmed will not get you any consistent scores. That would be my health warning with him. Do you agree? Or Yeah, I wouldn't
1: disagree with that at all. He's, he is that sort of player that his name crops up as being a potential hot commodity on the waiver wire, and then we don't hear about him until the next time. Definitely. He's a hot commodity on the waiver wire again.
0: Talk about a couple of quarterbacks. So your best friend, Sam Howe, uh, the quarterback in Washington, where, where is it? You probably know this from your research, but where does he stand as a fancy quarterback? Where is oh, he? I do know he?
1: this. It's, it's eleven or twelve, isn't it? Quarterback eleven. Is somehow, it? who would have thought? I don't that? know why. I think other than the more, and I was arguing with over on Twitter over the summer. I've decided now that he is somehow, and I don't like somehow. No problem
0: with the guy. No. Okay. <laughs> Just... we'll, 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 we'll rewrite that yeah. moment in time. Um, he's only rostered in forty percent of the leagues, uh, and he's only had one poor week out of six. He's proved surprisingly reliable. And who's he got next? The Giants. So if you need a quarterback this week and Howell is available, and there's a chance he might be, you know, I don't expect a drop-off this week.
1: It is that name value, isn't it? I think a lot of people would rather play a Jimmy G because of his name, because he's a very handsome man, over Sam Howell. And that big name value sometimes does cloud our judgment. Like you say, the numbers don't lie, and Sam Howe's been relatively reliable. Um, and yeah, with so many players out, you're gonna be playing and surely he has being
0: played in every Superflex League as well at the minute. Oh, without a doubt. Um, while we're talking about quarterbacks, leave Tyson Badgent alone. He's not gonna get you any points, you you, even if Field is injured. No matter how desperate you are, you know, if you're in Superflex, I don't know, stick a running back in the Superflex spot. Don't don't draft Tyson Badgant.
1: I saw a great screenshot someone on Twitter, I still can't call it X or keep, keep with Twitter, where it said, someone put a message out saying, uh, Bajant, Bajant, we're going for, I'll go Bajant, you went Bajant, one of us is right then. Tyler Bajant, maybe the future. Two minutes later, I might be wrong. Five minutes <laughs> later, I was wrong. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so yeah, don't go with, um, don't go with uh, Bajant, Bajant. Potato, potato. If you can't say his name, it's not worth picking up.
0: Uh, a couple of wide receivers to talk about next. We've mentioned him already, Curtis Samuel, He's only rostered in 51% of leagues. surprising. And he's currently wide receiver 24 overall. He's been a bit of a revelation the last three weeks. 18.2 points, 18.5 and 14.2 points. Quite simple. If he's available, get him. He's a great flex option at worst. Kendrick Bourne, he is the passing option in New England right now. There's nobody else. Um, don't expect big scores on a consistent basis mainly because he's got Matt Jones thrown yep. to him. But he's a very solid flex option. And he's only rostered in 21% of leagues, Kendrick Bourne. That really shocked me. We've a couple of times, haven't we? We have. Just be wary this week, though, because he's against the Bills' defence. And finally, one of the best names in, in football, Rashid Shaheed. He is a bit of a boom-bust candidate, I would say. But another flex option. He's not rostered in many leagues. Only 27% of leagues. So he could fill a need for you. But, you know, he could equally have another really quiet week as, as he tends to have.
1: A player that we spoke about pre-season as well as someone that if he got the opportunity we were confident could do really well. If at any point in the season, Alave or Michael Thomas missed time, he's a plugged in wide receiver too, I think. So, yeah. Might be someone worth, worth stashing. Yeah, I think he's probably got a useful flex role every now and then, but could well be a real, a big time player should the opportunity present itself. Right, Ed, you've been looking forward to this for the first time all season.
0: I'll <laughs> let you introduce it. It's time for... Fantasy Props. Pistol versus Ed.
1: Last week, then, you gave me the very easy choice, <laughs> no doubt in my mind at all, confident I would win. Choice of Derek Henry or Lamar
0: Jackson. Who would get the most fancy points? You went for Lamar Jackson. Obviously. And I think until the point in the second half where Derrick Henry got that ball, I'd given up on it and I thought it was not even going to be a contest. He did
1: that one big play in the touchdown, completely turned the game on its head for Derrick Henry. And yeah, you have
0: your win, Ed. I do. It was an unexpected win, just to confirm, uh, you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Henry got 19.3 points, and Jackson got 18.1, 12 points. Ed wins. And, Ed wins. And so it's 4-1. But in my head, because of the opening one that's got three points riding on it, uh, our little mini teams, it's 4 all in my um, head.
1: I said when we were talking about this over the weekend that I would add those up to see where we're up to.
0: Oh, you don't need to. It's for all. Oh, okay, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I forgot anyway, <laughs> oh, so you good. can keep oh, yes. believing that for now.
1: <laughs> um, this week, I'm going to go for the opposite of what I last pitched to you. So last time I asked you to pick the game that would have the highest fantasy score when you took the points of both quarterbacks, two wide receivers from each team, two running backs from each team, tight end, kicker and defence. Add it all together. We're going to go the opposite. this time we're going for the lowest score. Yes. So we will still pick the highest score at each position, but we're after basically which game is going to be a bust when it comes to fantasy. So this one's a bit of a shout out to Dylan over at Stateside who ran a pick the worst three fantasy players competition
0: the other week. It must have been so depressing adding up those scores. It looks
1: like a big adding up task. So we're at least limiting our numbers on this. So... I've got a choice of two games,
0: depending which one you pick. So I gave this one to you yesterday so you can have a little look. Who are you going for? Well, I considered the Giants against the Commanders, but based on what we've said about the Commanders' offence and somehow that put me off a little bit, because I think they will run up a decent score against the Giants. And then I was left with the, again, a bit like the highest scoring. I was Which, which game looked like the lowest scoring? Um, and that's the Raiders against the Bears.
1: Yeah, so, that's where I would have gotten first choice.
0: So they've both averaged this season under 20 points. That's as a team in terms mm-hmm. of scoring. Um, they've got players out of form. You're probably not going to have fields playing, so you've got badging, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, to me, it looks like a slam dunk, but, you know, who knows? So
1: that was my first choice. My second choice, and I started off, same as you previously, looking at the over-under score line. Raiders-Bears were 38 points. My choice was 39.5. That was the Browns
0: and the Colts. Okay, Browns defense. So I'm yeah. not
1: expecting the Colts to do a great amount of offense. And the Browns offense didn't look phenomenal. No big scores for them. DJ P.J. Solid. Walker potentially starting again. Deshaun Watson's back. I'd love to see him get a very slow score again as well. Yeah, I'm going to go Browns, Colts for that. I, I think they're going to be close. I think you will win this one because that's the game I would have gone for.
0: But that's a very decent But backup. we shall see. Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, it won't be a fun... It'll be an easier add-up than last time. But I can't imagine it's be a very exciting bit of adding up. So we'll see if you can make it 4-2, or in your head 5-4, <laughs> or if I can make it 5-1. Sunday Night Bet Club. So I did a Ravens-Titans focus bet, uh, where I put together an accumulator. Three of my five options came in. I narrowly missed out on one, and then Derek Henry ruins the other. So I went Lamar Jackson for over 43.5 yards rushing, which he met. Zay Flowers hit my over for his yards receiving. I had the Ravens to cover the spread of minus 0.45, which they managed to do as well. The game line, I moved the the little dial so he could increase the odds on there, and I got just one too far. 39.5, there were 40 points. I was very close. Derek Henry... This I looked this bet to be nails on In fact, if Derry Henry hadn't scored his touchdown, it would have all come in. But he did score his touchdown, <laughs> and he did have that great big run. So he eclipsed the under of 66.5 yards. He was probably closer on that one big breakaway run, to be fair. So in the end, although it looked close, it wasn't close. This week, though, we are finally doing the one you've been excited to do, Ed. I'm genuinely excited. I enjoyed doing this last night. So we're going to look at our bet for our division winners on the season. I think some of these are probably quite chalk choices to go for. There's a couple maybe we'll just go on. We've not seen each other's yet. So, where would you like to start? NFC
0: East. Nice to start one. I've I've gone with the uh, the obvious. I've gone for the Eagles.
1: I've also gone for the Eagles. I don't think we need much discussion on that. AFC South. AFC South. I've gone for the
0: Jags. Again, I don't think much discussion needed there. They're having a great season. Interesting how
1: quickly that's turned around to be an easy decision over the last couple of years, isn't it?
0: True, true. Next. Uh, right, a bit of discussion. Well, a lot of discussion here because I think um, the NFC South, I think you can throw a blanket over three teams the Saints, the Falcons, and the Books. And that is what the Bookies say. But I chose the team with the best odds, and that's the Books. And I believe in Dangerous. So I've gone, I've gone for the Books.
1: I've gone for the Falcons 2.80. Yeah. The odds I found appealing and. I said, I wouldn't rule out a change at quarterback and bringing someone who can actually throw the ball there as a possibility for the Falcons. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, true. We did talk
1: about Riddick. So, we? yeah, I think there was the the odds on the Falcons at 2.8. Well, remember, we use decimal odds just because it's easier for us to do the maths for. So, for every pound, you get 2.8 pounds. The back. books were
0: 3.0, so that, that's what pushed me yeah. to go for them. So, yeah, I, I liked that line there. Where are we going next? Let's go to the AFC East because this could be a bit of a debate. I. I just have more faith in the Bills. I know that Miami have been relentless on offense, but I just think when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, I think the Bills will pull out the results. Do I have confidence in Miami? No, I don't. So um, the Bills had better odds as well at 2.38, so I've gone for the Bills. That
1: is the exact same thought process I went through and I came out on the side of the Bills as well. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so no, I completely agree with that. When I was looking at the odds make it tempting and who do I
0: trust more? The Bills. So yeah, same thought process there. Next, um, it's going to be painful for me, but let's move to the AFC North. You've gone for the Ravens. I've gone for the Ravens. Oh, we'll Snuff again. <laughs> the Bengals are interestingly a joint last favourites with the Steelers, mm. so that shows. Even though Bengals have got back to three and three, like me, I think the bookies can see they're not playing well and don't look like a playoff team. So, so yeah, I mean, I was tempted by the Browns at three point five, but I don't know if they've got the offense. They've got the defense, but yeah. I don't. Think I, just, they've got I the don't offense.
1: trust the Browns at all. Uh, I would trust the Bengals more than the Browns I think to get it back together. I think the all the basics are there and are more robust for the Bengals. And Bengals were decent on defense as well at the weekend. Much to your dis uh, dislike, you uh you wanted the Bengals to lose. No, I was lose. so
0: frustrated with how bad our offense, you know, how it how it struggled in the second half that I was we deserved to lose, but but we didn't. Um the last three I'd say are all, well, for me nailed on. So we've got the AFC West, the Chiefs. Yep. You can make a case for the Chargers, but I think you have to go for the yep, Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. NFC North, the Lions, could not be more nailed on. Yep, and once again, bizarre to think and yeah, we were two years ago. It's crazy. And I mean, I know they lost at the weekend to the Browns, but you can't see past the 49ers in the NFC West, can you?
1: No. I think the, the Lions there are really interesting, and this is the one thing that I love about American football and the NFL compared to football, both as football fans or soccer, our American listeners, that it takes a team to go from bottom of the pile to top of the pile, years of watching gradual ascent or a big buyer to come in and plunge loads of money into it. Yeah. Newcastle United, for example. So When we're looking at the English Premier League, looking at teams like Bournemouth, teams like Brighton, it's a long process to get yourself into that reckoning if you make the right draft picks, if you bring the right place in, if you use the salary cap appropriate to bring the right players in, you can turn it around quickly. We've seen it with the Bengals. We've seen it now with the Lions. And you see how putting the right components around the right players. Jared Goff looks a really good quarterback. Is he a top five quarterback in the league? Of course he's not. No, he's not. But he's performing like one at the minute, for fancy especially. But everything works. Once again, to use a football analogy, a player that I refer to a lot as someone who wasn't a world-class player, but had world-class performances, uh, Man United midfielder, Partey, he was the sort of player that when he was put around the right components around him, would be absolutely phenomenal. And that's what Jarrod Goff's doing now, he's got all those pieces around him, they're making him look good, they're making his job easier. And the Lions, they're, they're, they're interesting to watch.
0: I, I, look for, yeah, I look forward to watching the Lions. And, you know, they've got a lot of exciting players. So what did your overall, um, I, um, what were your overall odds? So I I've kept... come
1: out at 56.11.
0: Oh, i 59.82.
1: So I think I'm going to put a couple of quid on that. Yeah. I know for a fact, though, something that feels nailed on now won't happen. And there'll be one complete anomaly in there at some point. Or we'll have a division where the final two games, anyone can still make it through. Was that the NFC South last year, where any team could have ended up winning it when it went the last two games?
0: Was it the NFC South that where they were all had negative records? Yeah, it just it, it was, was yeah. Real.
1: So there's always the potential for that as well, but we shall see how that pans out. Happy with the show, Ed?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, no London game this weekend, but uh, no Bengals game, which is good for my blood pressure. It is, uh, so I can just enjoy Red Zone. So
1: as always, another banger in the books. We will see you later in the week for Fantasy Five. But for now, adios and Malcolm, take us home.
0: You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.